0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there, I'm loving it. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Timberwolves are in the Bay Area in California tonight to face the Golden State Warriors, the 9-1 and one Golden State Warriors. I want to spend a little bit of time today on the show previewing that matchup. And I also want to spend uh, the first part of the show talking Iowa Wolves and a big double overtime win on Monday. Some key performances by some very familiar names, if you paid attention at all, during Las Vegas Summer League, training camp, preseason, Uh, some notable lines, uh, individual stat lines coming out of that game. And then also a quick peek at the power rankings. We're now three weeks into the season. And and what are the national folks saying about the Timberwolves? That's all upcoming on the show here today. Um, A quick Thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. And remember, Locked on Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, as well as all the audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at Beacon with two Bs, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, let's start the show today by talking Iowa Wolves. Um, I mean, hey. The Timberwolves are going to lose five straight. We might as well highlight the G League version, the minor league version of the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Iowa Wolves, who of course play in Des Moines, they've only played two games so far this season, both against the Sioux Falls Sky Force. I talked a little bit on Monday's show about the Saturday night game where Leandro Balmaro had a near triple-double in his official G League debut. He'd played in their their lone preseason game the week prior, but Saturday the uh, the Iowa Wolves won. Balmaro had I think it was like twenty nine eight and eight or something. It had a big game. McKinley Wright played well. Isaiah Miller, Nathan Knight had a massive game on Saturday. Uh, Nathan Knight got called back up to the Timberwolves for the road trip, and so he didn't play on Monday night. But the Iowa Wolves took on the Sioux Falls Sky Force a second time on Monday, um, and then they actually don't play again for a week. It's a really weird schedule this year in the G League. Um, They've got a couple different quirks uh, in the schedule, things that try now, mid-season tournament type stuff. Um, So we'll we'll keep an eye on it throughout the year. But at any rate, they played Saturday, they played Monday, they don't play again for a week. Monday night, they play the Sky Force again. No Nathan Knight. He was called up to the Timberwolves, but the Wolves... Still had Balmaro, and they still had McKinley Wright, who's the other two-way player in addition to Nathan Knight. Uh, McKinley Wright, to to refresh your memory, is the undrafted rookie who's a, a Minneapolis area native. I believe he played at Brooklyn Center. Or Brooklyn, uh, I think it was Brooklyn Park. Apologies to whichever school I'm, I guess to both those schools since I'm messing it up. But from the North Metro in the Twin Cities, was not recruited hard enough, apparently, by Richard Petino, the former coach of the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Went to Colorado, played four years at the University of Colorado, was a fantastic defensive player, was a solid contributor to a, a team that made the NCAA tournament, I believe, a couple of times while he was there. Went undrafted, and the Timberwolves got him on a two way deal and the the book on him is he can run a team he's a solid player on both ends of the floor he's a really good defender the only concern was his outside shot he was like a 32 ish percent 33 percent i think at best uh three-point shooter over his four-year college career and there was some concern if he could he could Shoot the ball at the NBA level. He's got decent size for a point guard, but it, the 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 thought process is basically worst case scenarios, he could be like a third string point guard type. So to have him on a two-way contract is fantastic. But if there's any offense there beyond what we saw him do for the Colorado Buffaloes in college, then uh I mean, then he's an outstanding player on a two-way contract. He looked good in preseason, he looked very good um be in summer league and he seemed to be the type of guy who who could have a role moving forward. In my opinion, I think he's got a more diverse skill set than Jordan McLaughlin, not quite apples to apples at this stage in their respective careers. But both were four-year college guys, four-year starters at at a, uh, you know, power five schools and um and undrafted. McLaughlin had one year in the G League before he signed the two two way deal with the Wolves, but some similarities there. So it'll be intriguing to see McKinley right throughout the season what he's able to do. And then also Balmoral, obviously the first round pick from last November, just over a year ago now. Um Uh, the the 2020 first round pick. He was one of the three first rounders besides Jade McDaniels and of course Anthony Edwards for the Wolves. He stayed uh, overseas last year for another season and then came over this year. He's appeared in a couple of games in Garbage Time for the Timberwolves, including just on Friday night. He played Saturday for the Iowa Wolves, had the near triple-double, and then had another big game on Monday. And then for me, the other player that I think is most interesting is Isaiah Miller. If you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know I was excited about him in Summer League. I was excited that he was on the training camp roster. I think he is your prototypical third string point guard who can come in and give you energy minutes, be a hard tough nose defender and, uh, and score in the paint. I mean, he's not, he can't really shoot the ball outside 15 feet with any accuracy, but he does basically everything else. Well, he's just, he's, small, he's short, and he doesn't shoot the ball well from the perimeter or or really from outside 15 feet. But he's a great rebounder for his size. He's a fantastic defender, and he can score in the paint with the best of them. He's very athletic. Um, And the Iowa Wolves actually tweeted out a thread of his dunks from Saturday's game alone. He had like four big dunks, three big steals, um, and and super, a really electric player to watch. So at any rate, without going blow by blow, I went back and I watched the Iowa Wolves game from Monday, and they were, it was you know, kind of a back and forth game, and then they got down by twenty in the second half. They were actually down uh, twenty in the fourth quarter, I should say, um, to the Sioux Falls Skyforce. And uh, I mean, it was what eighteen points? I have it here, uh, eighteen points with um, with like three and a half minutes left, or something like that yeah 18 points with four minutes to play in the game but then mckinley wright comes down and makes a bucket uh gets fouled makes a couple of free throws isaiah miller makes a basket balmaro find has a beautiful assist to isaiah briscoe they cut the lead to like 10 or 12 points at that point um then isaiah miller scores another couple of baskets it comes down to a back and forth again 18 points with under four minutes to play and the wolves are within one after uh after the Skyforce split a pair of free throws with under 10 seconds to play, got it up two, McKinley Wright takes the ball f- the full length of the court on a full sprint dribble, basically hits a layup with just a couple seconds to play, sends the game to overtime. In overtime, the I Wolves are down four with 10 seconds to play. McKinley Wright hits a tough three pointer to cut the deficit to one. The Skyforce hit two free throws, now it's a three point game again. Landro Balmaro, after a timeout, hits a really difficult double, double clutch three. It was not a thing of beauty, but it went in to tie the game and send it to a double overtime. And then in double overtime, in a tie game, final seconds, McKinley Wright calls his own number in an isolation on the, on the left wing, hits a really tough contested three, is fouled on the play, hits a four-point play, basically at the buzzer, half second left on the clock after the free throw, to send them to a four-point, the Iowa Wolves to a four-point win. Um, fascinating. And uh, McKinley, I mean, McKinley Wright hit a shot in the closing minute, or really closing seconds of regulation in both overtimes clutch play from Wright. He finished with 35 points. And again, I, I think he had 24 before that comeback late in the fourth. So he, he scored like 11 points in the final four minutes of regulation and two, two minute overtime periods. Um, and he shot 14-23 from the floor, a really encouraging four of seven outside the arc, played 41 minutes, had five rebounds, five assists, two steals, and two block shots. Um, Lander Balmaro, another great game. He's going to get lost in the shuffle because of the clutch right performance, but he hit the big three that, that did tie the game at the end of the first overtime had 25 points on 17 shots with seven of 17 shooting five of nine on threes, which again, outside shooting is a big thing for him. He's going to stick in a rotation role or eventually a starting role at the NBA level. He's going to have to be able to, to shoot the ball from the outside a little bit. And, and, Early indications are that's improved a lot, right? He shot over 40% from deep last year in Europe. um, After that being a major question mark prior to last year's draft, he got to the free throw line five times, made all his free throws. And also, Balmaro had six assists, zero turnovers in a team-high 43 minutes. He had seven turnovers in Saturday's game so 7 on saturday for balmoro 0 in a double overtime game 43 minutes played for balmoro himself 0 turnovers to 6 assists on monday 5 rebounds a steal and a block um and then Isaiah Miller 7 to 15 from the field off the bench 14 points 7 rebounds in only 24 minutes he had 8 points in the final 4 minutes of regulation that helped get the wolves to uh to to overtime so keep an eye on Isaiah Miller i think it's really unlikely and and frankly hopefully he doesn't get a chance with the timberwolves this year because that would mean that there's Injury issues to Russell, uh, uh, Patrick Beverly, and potentially even McKinley Wright, but Isaiah Miller deserves a shot at an NBA job here moving forward. He is a, a really intriguing player, um, obviously with limitations. Again, I'll say that, but I think he's an NBA caliber talent, and he will appear in some NBA games. If not this year, certainly by the ne- by next year, I think he'll somebody's going to take notice and, and get him to a to a, uh, an NBA roster. But impressive games for Bulmaro and Wright. Very likely, we're going to see them bounce back and forth throughout the season. They may stay down and practice with the Iowa Wolves now, with the Timberwolves on the West Coast for three games. If they were back in the Twin Cities. I'm sure they would come back up to Minneapolis like they did during the the long, you know, six out of seven at home for the Wolves to start the season. But don't expect those guys to shuttle back and forth to the West Coast even without a game till next Monday. Um, but We'll continue to keep an eye here at Lockdown Wolves on the Iowa Wolves and, uh, and what happens with their season. And of course, Morrow the two two-way guys, Nathan Knight, I'm sure we'll come will go back down at some point, as well as McKinley Wright, Isaiah Miller. All those guys are players we'll keep an eye on throughout the season. Okay. Uh next what I want to do is I want to get jump right into this the Wolves Warriors matchup. I think that'll be an intriguing uh well, the Warriors are 9 and 1. So there's a lot to say about the Golden State Warriors. So I want to get into that here next. Um and then we'll close the show by talking power rankings here after the third week of the NBA season. First though, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories. And sugar. It's the perfect time for built bars. Built bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and have plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar, or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat. High protein covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon, soon enough for you go to go for a built bar or two now share some at your family gatherings it'll make things less awkward and perhaps Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet new surprises all month long limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly so check the site often there's nothing like a built bar Black Friday mark your calendar Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises placed another built bar order this morning I realized that the uh, coconut brownie chunk had come out late last night um, or actually not that late I just missed that it came out last night which was a rookie mistake on my part, uh, this morning, I'm about to leave for work. Realized I haven't ordered built bars. These are going to sell out. So I ordered them from my phone before I headed out the door. They shipped today. Can't wait to get them. I actually had another order arrive yesterday. I, I literally have at least one built bar a day. I promise you, they are delicious. They taste exactly like candy bars. You can go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's talk about this Wolves-Warriors matchups. So the Golden State Warriors are 9-1 and one so far this season. Uh, there's a lot to say about them. Steph Curry just dropped 50 in the win against the Atlanta Hawks. I think that was Monday night. Um, yeah, it was because it was basically happened at the same time the Wolves were collapsing uh, in Memphis on Monday. Um, or I guess later in the same night, I should say. Uh, Golden State, it's been weird. They played three of their first four games on the road to start the season and and won all of those. Um, and then now they're in game seven. This game against the Wolves on Wednesday is game seven of an eight-game homestand for the Golden State Warriors. I, I can't, like, I realize the Timberwolves just played six out of seven at home, but when was the last time the Timberwolves have had an eight-game homestand? I bet they've never had an eight-game homestand. And we've talked about this before in the past that, the Wolves typically travel more miles in the air than most other teams because they're in the middle of the country. So if you're on the West Coast, logic tells uh, tells us that they're you know if they go east, they're going to stay east for a while to make the travel worthwhile, so not going coast to coast back and forth. So with the Wolves being in the middle, they have less long road trips, but they travel to each coast more often because they're in the middle of the country. And also there's no teams besides Chicago and Milwaukee who are both, of course, in the Eastern Conference. They make one trip a year to each of those cities. Nobody else is close. Everybody else in the division, Denver, Portland, Oklahoma City, those teams are not, uh, Utah, are not super close to the Twin Cities. So the Wolves travel a lot more than most teams. But anyway, seven of eight games at home, or excuse me, an eight-game homestand, eight games in a row at home for Golden State. This is game seven. They have the Bulls on Friday night in an ESPN game. So perhaps the Wolves will get Golden State maybe a little bit comfortable looking ahead to the national game on Friday, uh, the end to the long homestand. Maybe they'll be a little antsy. I don't know. That's the only angle I could think of with this. Um, it, if it was the last game of the home stand, I'd actually feel a little bit better about it, honestly. But um, at any rate, crazy. Eight consecutive home games. Um, their only loss so far this season was an overtime loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, who of course just beat the Wolves in overtime on Monday. Otherwise, and this is fascinating. The Warriors are nine and one. They've played 10 games. They have had zero games besides the one they lost to Memphis that were decided by less than three possessions. Every other game was an was seven points or more was the final differential now obviously um without going through and looking at the exact you know there could be some noise there at the end of the game some garbage time you know extra play playing the foul game after they don't need to for opponents and stuff like that but there were no there's been no two possession final scores no one possession final scores all these are three possessions or greater besides the one game that they lost which was an and uh, and of course that game was close. It was that was a three point game. So the only one possession game they played all year they lost in overtime. And then everything else has been three possessions or greater. They have just beaten everybody to a pulp. Um, they're number one in net rating, they're number one easily in point differential. I think they're like thirteen, uh like thirteen point seven plus thirteen point seven point differential. I don't think anybody else is above like an eight and a half league wide, not just Western Conference league wide. Uh, it, it, the Golden State Warriors have just dominated. And of course, still no Klay Thompson, um, still no James Wiseman. And you look at this roster, I mean, it's deep, like it's a good roster, but they've got guys playing really well that haven't played major roles in NBA playoff teams very often. I mean, Gary Payton the second. I mean, Gary Payton, he was on the Warriors briefly last year, but he does not have a track record of being a really successful backup NBA uh, guard. And he's been fantastic now he has short minutes i mean he's playing like he's a fringe rotation guy 10 12 minutes a game averaging yeah 11 minutes a game but uh he's been really good when he's on the floor he's shooting 50 he's shooting one three per game and he's shooting 55.6 percent from deep obviously not sustainable i get that he's playing short minutes but when you're nine and one stuff like that is going right you're you're 10th guy in the rotation and he is what uh he's 11th in minutes per game on this team um I mean, obviously he's playing well, right? Nemanja Bielitza, a former Timberwolf who was stuck in Sacramento Kings purgatory after being in Timberwolves purgatory, briefly played for the Heat last year, uh, late in the season, he was traded to Miami. And uh, he's now playing a big role in a team that currently is the best team in the NBA. A, a big role. he's a It's a bench role, but 15 minutes a game. He also shooting well over 50% from 350, 7.9% shooting just under two three, three point attempts per game but Bielitsa is fantastic. Um, he's been having a great year. Otto Porter Jr. had been stuck languishing in Washington, had the injury issues after he was in Chicago. He's now one of their key bench players, 17 minutes a game for Golden State and has played very well. I've always really liked him. I thought he had superstar potential, but the injuries sapped him of, of a lot of his effectiveness. He's been fantastic in a, in more of a bit role, uh, an ancillary role with the Warriors. Um, I mean, Kevon Looney, he's obviously been there for a while, but he's playing the best ball of his career. Andre Iguodal is still just a monster off the bench for them at age 38. Draymond Green is looking a lot more like, I mean, I know he's 31 now. I know he's had a couple of so-so seasons. He looks a lot more like the Draymond Green of old. And of course, Steph Curry has just been arguably the best player in the league so far this year, maybe not even arguably. Uh, 32% assist rate. He's still shooting, two-thirds of his shot attempts are coming from outside the arc, and he's shooting 38.8% from deep 13.4 three point attempts per game. Literally 2 thirds of his field goal per, field goal attempts are three pointers. Um as a team the Golden State Warriors are second in three point attempts per game. The Timberwolves are number 1. Uh the difference there the Timberwolves are number 26 in three point percentage. The Warriors are number 2 making 38% of their three point makes. They're also the best defensive rebounding team in the entire league. Wait, I mean I mean like there's they really don't have a weakness. Um I mean, what is it, right? I I guess they're 21st in free throw attempts per game, but they still make their free throws when they get to the line. And if you're second in three-point percentage and second in attempts from deep, uh, then that doesn't really matter. Um, If you're number one in defensive rebounding, that's going to help your defense. Oh, by the way, they're number one in defensive rating. They have the best defense in the entire league, again, with no James Wiseman, again, with no Klay Thompson. Um, I promise I didn't intentionally forget to mention Andrew Wiggins, by the way, Uh, but he's, I mean, he's third on this team in scoring if you're looking at points per game, but he's still doing the Wiggins thing where he shoots 43% for the field, 33% from three, uh, plays solid defense most of the time, Um, kind of feels like he's the third option, but he's certainly not the third best player on this team. He plays his role well. He's obviously a better fit for them than he ever was in Minnesota. He's still, obviously, don't get me wrong, he's an NBA starting caliber player at this point. He's continued to improve getting away from Minnesota. And it's unfair for people to expect him. And I don't know that anybody does anymore to to live up to the number one pick hype. Uh, But he's a good player. I mean, he he is. I, I, I don't think he... Fit in Minnesota any longer, and I do think their expectations were too high, and then he didn't come close to living up to them in Minnesota. But he's fit the role that the Warriors have wanted him to fit. It'll be really fascinating to see what it looks like once Clay Thompson comes back, and if there's a chance that Wiggins gets traded this year by the deadline, I'm going to be really intrigued to find out how that how that all shakes out. But at any rate, this Warriors team does not really have any weaknesses. They're fantastic. Defensively, they're a fantastic rebounding team. They're a great outside shooting team. Overall, they're fifth in offensive rating. Number one, of course, in net rating, as I mentioned as well as in point differential. The only chance the, the Wolves really have in this game is that the Warriors are looking ahead to you know the Friday national game versus the Bulls, getting on the road. Uh, maybe Andrew Wiggins tries to have a revenge game and gets really inefficient on us. Uh, maybe Steph Curry has an off night. I guess is what you have to hope for. Uh, but this this team has not had off nights this season. They have played fantastic all season long all in the first 10 games of this year. Uh, so this is going to be a rough one for the Wolves. I haven't looked at the line, but I'm guessing that they're probably at least eight point underdogs, nine point underdogs in this game, which is a massive line, um, especially for a team that two weeks ago was sitting at three and one and had just beaten the defending champs. Uh, but such is life in the NBA. Um, so. This is going to be a tough matchup. There's no two ways about it. Minnesota's got to do their best to uh, to try and make players, I you know, say this all the time, but try and make players other than the Warriors' best player beat them. If they can make Andrew Wiggins beat them, great. If they can force Draymond Green to shoot the ball, great. Um, if you can make Jordan Poole beat you, fine. I mean, hat tip to Jordan Poole. He's their second best scorer. Um, he's actually been fairly efficient this year. But uh, you'd rather have Jordan Poole beat you than Steph Curry. Steph's going to get his... Um, but you can force Jordan Poole into difficult shots that he's much less likely to make than Steph Curry, um, and so that's that would that'll be the goal. I think we'll see a lot of Josh Kogie on the Warriors perimeter players. He didn't hasn't played as much recently. He's had a couple of DNP CDs. I think we'll see a lot of Josh. I think we'll see a lot of Jaden uh, McDaniels on the perimeter. I, maybe a little less Jared Vanderbilt. Um, the Wolves are a good offensive rebounding team. The Warriors are a great defensive rebounding team the Warriors don't really offensive rebound. They, they focus on getting back and transition defensively. So defensive rebounding may not be as big of a deal for the wolves in this one. I guess the flip side of it is they shoot a lot of threes. So you may get some longer rebounds. Steph Curry likes to sneak in and grab those long offensive rebounds. Um, I, you know, I, I think we may see more McDaniels in a Kogi than we do Vanderbilt in this game. Um, and I also don't know that the Wolves are going to get away with the two big man front court with both Nas Reed and Carl Anthony Towns in this game, as much as I've clamored to see more and more of that this season. And I think it's a great pairing. I don't know that the Warriors matchup is is where it's at uh, if we want to see those guys play more minutes together. All right. Um, we'll, of course, have a post-game podcast following the show uh, or following the game, I should say, Wednesday night. It'll be late. It'll post early Thursday uh, Central Time, but we are going to do a post-game pod Wednesday night. Um, show's not over yet today, though. I still want to hit on Wolves power rankings, or I should say NBA power rankings, where the Wolves sit in those national power rankings here in just a moment. First though, let's talk about our friends over at betonline.ag. We're back and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football to basketball, baseball postseason, which of course now just ended, to NHL, boxing, and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, that's promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. All right, let's close the show today by talking power rankings. So um, two weeks ago, yeah, coming off the first week of the season, the Wolves were, you know, kind of middle of the pack. They were, I think, as high as 13 in a couple of power rankings, but mostly like in the 16 to 18 range. Last week, they were kind of dropped to the 21 to 23 range, and it felt about right. It felt about fair. This week, there's a consensus. Uh, Your Minnesota Timberwolves have dropped, plummeted, I think I would say, to the 23 to 25 range. In fact, most places had the Wolves at 25. Sporting News had the Timberwolves all the way up at number 23. Um, Noted Carl Anthony Towns is threatening a 50-40-90 campaign. Great. Um, That would obviously be amazing if that could happen. We're also 10 games into the season, or I guess... Uh, In the Wolves case, at the time this was written, this was Sunday power rankings. So before Monday's loss, this would have been eight games into the season for the Wolves. Uh, But obviously 50-40-90 season, notable. It just feels kind of, I don't know. I don't know that I don't know that anybody really wants to talk about that right now. But for what it's worth, after nine games, he is at over 50% from the field, 46.7% on three. So he's obviously got the 50 and 40. And then the 90, he's at 85.7% from the free throw line. Uh, 36 of 42. That's probably going to be the tough one. I mean, he's been over 50% previously in his career from the field. In fact, every season, I believe, except for last year, uh, he's well, actually, let me just yeah, every year except for uh, yeah, every year, except for last year, he's been over 50% from the field. And each of the last two seasons, or I should say the three seasons before last year, he's above 40 from three. So the 50-40 is something he's done. It's it's the 90% free throw uh, mark. You know, he's 84% for his career. So that's going to be difficult. But at any rate, um, that's sporty news. They've got the Wolves all the way up at 23. Um, the only other publication that had the Timberwolves higher than 25 is ESPN, which typically had been ranking the Wolves lower than everyone else. Shocker. Uh, ESPN has the Wolves um, at 24. And uh, the the quote that they had in there, and remember, ESPN is the one that uses a panel of seven expert analysts uh, who all vote, and then they compile them, and those are the rankings. The Wolves are at 24. And the uh, the I don't know who wrote the blurb about the Wolves, but it says that the losing streak has sapped the swagger out of a squad that started three and one, which I thought was a great way of saying it. I mean, that's accurate, right? I mean, there's no swagger left in this Timberwolves team at all. Uh, they have, they've had the swagger beat out of them already in just nine games. Um, and then sports illustrated, Zach Harper of the athletic and John Schumann of NBA.com all have the Timberwolves at number 25. Um, sports illustrated, uh, wrote about the Timberwolves. I'll, I'll read this quote directly. Ah, the good wolves. We hardly knew you. It's the exact quote. Um, that's true. Uh, three and one. And, uh, that was it. What was last year? Two and oh and then the town's injury happened and it was all over this year. It was three and one. Um, and, uh, there's really no end in sight at this point. Zach Harper touches on the, the hashtag free cat liked tweet that I only briefly mentioned on last week's, I think it was the Thursday show or maybe it was Friday because the, that whole thing happened between the two Clippers games. And uh, then John Schumann actually had a couple interesting notes. I, I've said this before almost every week. I think I'll, I'll I'll remind everybody of this. But NBA.com's power rankings are the best, the most comprehensive. They've got the most statistics. They're the most thoughtful. And John Schumann noted that the Timberwolves have actually been the second best first half team of any team in basketball. They have the second best net rating in the first half of any team in the NBA, which is maybe not surprising if you watch them play every night, but it's still a bit, I don't know, disconcerting that they've been the second best team in the league for the first half, and yet they're sitting at three and six with a five-game losing streak. It shows you how bad they've been in the second half. Now, of course, against Memphis on Monday, they were great in the third quarter. That was their best quarter of the game, and then the fourth quarter was awful, and overtime wasn't much better, and they ultimately lose. But uh, still, I guess, I guess if there's a positive takeaway, if we want to hang our hat on anything, I guess it's how great they've been in the first half of games so far this season. Um, so there's that. And uh, then also he notes, if, if you want to feel, I guess this could have fit last segment, but if you want to feel even worse about Wednesday's game, the Timberwolves uh, face Golden State on Wednesday. Golden State has been the best team in the second half of games so far this season by far. So the league's worst second half team and the best second half team play on Wednesday. So if the Wolves are up five or down three at halftime on Wednesday, uh, I guess, I, I mean, hopefully you didn't, listen all the way through the show for, for good news here, because then I, I guess I'm about to tell you, don't feel too great about that. If it's a close game at halftime league's worst second half team in the Timberwolves and best second half team in the warriors. Uh, I think we got to wait till the final horn before we feel good about any Timberwolves lead in, in wolves, warriors on Wednesday. But at any rate, we will have a post game pod following the game. Even if it does go, it will go very late. It's a 9 PM central tip. We, we will have the post game pod up shortly after the game. Be sure that you're following and subscribed so, make sure that you hear that. And uh, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is, is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And if you don't want to look at my face while I tell you about the Timberwolves, you can listen on any platform Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon. That's my account with two B's, two E's, C K E N. That's all we have for you today. One last reminder that the Lockdown Wolves podcast is, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Also, uh, a a quick reminder about fantasy basketball. Our friend Josh Lloyd does a great job over there. Um, You can make your second list in Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It also is free and available on all Platforms. Alright, that's all we have for you today. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.